Life Audio. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, Defeating Anxiety and Worry, How to Reconcile Eastern Medicine Approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Glenn Damon with us. Dr. Damon is a pastor in Stevenson, Washington, with over 35 years of experience in the pulpit. He's author of The Lighthouse, Discovering Security and in the Radiance of God's Character, as well as five books related to rural church ministry. He's a graduate of Western Seminary and Trinity Evangelical Seminary. He serves on the board of directors of Vision Missions. Glenn and his wife, Becky, have two children. He enjoys photography and woodworking. Welcome, Dr. Damon. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on the show. It's a real privilege, and I enjoy the opportunity. Yeah, thanks. So tell us about your book. What inspired you to write The Lighthouse? Well, the the book really was an outgrowth of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when COVID hit, in kind of the week that we went from, you know, in our church, from not worrying about COVID to being shut down, uh, the next Sunday that the Sunday we shut down and went virtual, the sermon in my series was on first Corinthians and on giving. Mm. And, I, and I thought, well, that doesn't very well fit in terms of <laughs> <That's you> awesome. <laughs> know, when people are going through crisis and, and we're going to talk about giving today and why you should give. So um, really just prayed about it and thought, what do we need here? Cause everything is in turmoil and really what we need is a fresh view of God. Mm-hmm. and a, a perspective of him. So uh, I started a series on devotional or on the attributes of God. And then to con- keep connected with the people, I started doing devotionals uh, on each attribute that we covered that week, just to encourage them, right? just to connect with them and to remind them, hey, God's still in control and all this. And so that's really where the book was an outgrowth of. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And so um, when you were doing the study to prepare, I'm sure that always when you're preparing for sermons, you end up learning a lot yourself. But what did that do for you studying about the attributes of God? Well, I think the the journey really was more my journey than I think the people's journey in terms of even though I have preached on the attributes and studying, it really started to bring home 
just how big God is and that in the midst of all the craziness going on in our world, uh, you know, we have a God that's in control and nothing's changed. COVID didn't change anything. The world today with all of its massive moral shifting that we see going on doesn't change who's in control. And so for me, it was just learning to rest in that and find my peace in that and just realize, hey, God's got this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in addition to knowing that God is in control, tell us a few more of the the attributes of God and what that has done for you personally and how you've seen it kind of affect your parishioners. Yeah, you know, I think the... When we think about the attributes of God, we, we always have a handle on some of them. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, we talk about his grace and his love. And I think that the thing that impressed upon me as I was going through all the different attributes and that really we need to accept God in the totality of his multifaceted glory and his character. And how do we move from just looking at certain attributes, but living in the context of the totality of who he is? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we think of his holiness, we think of his justice, mm-hmm. uh, we think of his his wisdom, you know, and wisdom is not just knowing the best outcome, but he knows every option yeah. and best way to achieve every outcome. And so from all that, he never makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we can rest in that. I think in the midst of our struggles and when we're facing suffering, that you know, and the, the COVID and all this, that God's still in control. We can rest in that. So that's really it. Was kind of more of a journey for me just to learn what I knew intellectually, but to have it sink in. Yeah, and it really just helped me to sink it in in my own personal life because it was, you know. This whole year and a half with COVID in terms of being a pastor was just, there was no no book I could go to to say, you know. <laughs> How do I navigate this one? one and, and I can read up and somebody can tell me what to do. And it was, right. you know, we were facing situations we had never faced before and never thought of. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so do you generally just, out of curiosity, do you find that the sermons that you feel that you're led to prepare, does God first teach you something and then you pass it on to everybody else? Or is it sometimes just, you feel like like people need to hear this? How much does it, does it affect you first? I'm curious. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, part of it is I'm in in my own personal journey and, and walk with the Lord. And so, you know, there are times I'm sharing things I've learned, but there are times I'm sharing what I'm learning. And then there's times when I'm preaching thinking, you know, I still haven't got a handle on this one. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. And, and, and that's kind of, I think the tension of, of being a pastor is sometimes yeah. we're preaching on topics that we know I'm not doing this yet. Sure. Yeah. And then the, you get convicted by your yeah. own sermon. <laughs> I don't like those sermons. As well. like the ones where I got this one, you know, right. you, got, you get it. Exactly. So um, can we zoom in on just a couple of God's attributes? Can you tell me a little bit, like what's some of the devotionals that are on God's love, for example? What do you tell people about that? Or- well, in terms of the devotionals, you know, we, 
what I do is I kind of start off with a, an overview of the, the attribute of what it is. Yeah. And then the daily devotionals are taking passages that cover that attribute, for example, his love, yeah. and really trying to bring it home and say, okay, here's how it relates to everyday life, especially in the context of, of the trials of life and the struggles we're facing. Yeah. Um, because it, it's not abstract knowledge. It has to be personal transformational knowledge that, hey, he loves us far more than we can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our the love that we have for our children, for our spouse, is nothing compared to the love he has for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's just a great reminder on a daily level. Mm -hmm. Yep, to keep meditating on that for sure, because that's where trust comes from, right? If you oh. know that somebody loves you, then you're going to know that they really have your best interests at heart. So yeah, awesome. So, and you kind of touched on this, but how would understanding God's nature and the totality that you keep describing, how does that change how we live? Well, I think it does everything. I mean, it's really, when we think about the attributes of God and who God is, uh, I think sometimes we tend to look at the Bible as a story about God's salvation of us. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the story. Yeah. But it's really a story of God revealing himself to us and calling us and inviting us into a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. When you, you think back at the, the Garden of Eden, he created us in his image. And, you know, I always say that the, uh, the wonder of that, I mean, that the angels must have marveled that here is the God of the universe saying, I'm going to put my image into these people on this small little planet mm -hmm. that that becomes our identity you know our world today is looking for identity there yeah everybody's searching for you know what's my identity what's my purpose in life and who am i well the bible tells us it's found in the image of god mm -hmm. and so when we know him more and embrace his image in our life that's where we find our identity in our sense of purpose. So I think that's that's really kind of the starting point. Uh, but then, you know, it's a growth process of then getting to know them. You know, Westminster's confession said, you know, what is the chief end of man? You know, the chief end of man is the, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes as Christians, we get caught up in the chief end is, for us to live our life and the God to take care of us and not to say, okay, my chief end is just to get to know him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Charles Spurgeon, when he was, I think he was in his early twenties when he made this statement, which was an incredible insight. He says the highest science, the, the loftiest speculation, the, the mightiest philosophy, which can ever engage the attention of the child of God is the name the nature, the person, the work, and the existence of the great God, our Savior. And so that really should define us uh, in terms of our whole relationship. It's about getting to know him. And then the attributes not only define our identity, but it affects our whole outlook on life, our worldview. Because uh, really, when we think about morality and we think about uh, our our understanding of the world uh, it's really based upon our theology of who is God mm 
we don't believe in God and we're just here by chance, well, then our uh, morality is a reflection of that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so you're, you're talking about the, um, the characteristics of God and also our, our identity. So I assume you go into this a little bit in the book, but are you trying to say, are you saying that our understanding of who God is then ends up being what we should be reflecting as who we are, as our identity? Like that's how he's imprinted his, his image on us. Yeah. And that's, you know, Christ calls us to that because he says we are to reflect his image. That mm -hmm. We become, we die to self and we, and we become alive to Christ. So uh, it really is about learning to embrace his image and reflecting in us. So his righteousness, his character. And then we live within the context of that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's a challenge. And I think that the biggest challenge in our Christian life in relationship to this is we get it up here, right? I mean, I've been to seminary, you know, I can probably go in and pass the theology test. Mm -hmm. But do I really get it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's well, when I get to heaven, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We're all in process, but we're going from glory to glory. So. Yeah. And Paul talks about that. You know, because he says, uh, not that I've already attained these things, but the thing I, I press on, he says, I see through a glass darkly. And it's like, yeah, I get that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so how does the study of God's attributes affect the way that we worship God? That's a good question. You know, I think sometimes in terms of our worship, uh, Sometimes in our worship, I think we get focused in on certain aspects of God's character. Uh, and rightfully so, you know, we worship his love for us and we worship uh, his grace and his mercy. But really, the worship of, of God should be in the totality of his character. Uh, you know, just, you know, for example, you, know, you look at most of the hymns and the songs we sing in church today are focused on his grace, his mercy, his care for us. But how much do we really sing on his justice and his, his uh, judgment upon sin? And yet you look in the Psalms, that sense of justice that God is going to bring judgment upon sin and he's going to bring vindication to, to the righteous is a major theme in the Psalms. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's something I noticed. I went to, to Russia in around 2000 and to teach uh, for a couple of weeks over there to pastors. And so I had the chance to go to several different services uh, in Russian. And the one thing I noticed in their, their hymns and their songs and their time of worship, they were focused on the justice of God. Interesting. Huh. So it's like a cultural thing almost. Well, and I think it's, it's an experiential thing is, you know, living under communism where you're oppressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sense that, hey, I need God to, to respond and bring vindication for us. Yep, absolutely. And I think there's, it's a whole lot easier for people to actually 
let go and give their burdens to God if they feel like he cares about justice being done, because otherwise you feel like, well, it's not going to happen if I, you know, unless I do it. Uh, But if you trust that he really is going to take care of it, then that enables you to actually cast your cares and trust that it's going to be taken care of in a right. Yeah. So I think in our, in our worship, how do we move from certain aspects attributes to the totality of who he is? Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing I, I think it does is sometimes in our worship, we can easily become man-centered in our worship. Yes, seriously. <laughs> it's very true. You know, so I, I think in several ways. One is, first of all, we look at worship and it's like, well, what did I experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's not the right question. The right question is, what did God experience? Mm-hmm. He's the recipient. We're not the recipient. He's the recipient. Uh, the second thing I think sometimes is that in our worship, we focus on what he does for us. Now that's certainly true. And, and, you know, that's certainly an important part of our worship, but we should also be asking the question, what does he want us to do for him mm-hmm. as part of our worship? Because worship ultimately the, the term worship literally means to bend the knee to bow. It's, it's an act of surrender. So in our worship, are we asking God to take care of us only, or are we surrendering to whether to whatever he does in our life? Uh, so to me, that's when we start looking at the God in, in his attributes, and that is what should be the focus, is who he is in the totality of his, of his character, so that we worship him for all his attributes. Uh, Yeah. So I'm just curious at your perspective on this. I've been going through the Psalms and looking at almost the way, not the parts of speech exactly, but the fact that sometimes it's who, uh, like, is it first person or is it second person? Sometimes it's praising God and it's saying you are so great and you are so awesome. But a lot of times it's the psalmist telling himself to worship God. Or it's the psalmist telling other people, you guys should be worshiping God or all all creation should be worshiping God. It's interesting how it's like stirring themselves up, but I've never really thought about it in those, in that way anymore. I thought worship was always, you are so amazing and awesome, but there's, there seems to be that certain element to it. Can you comment on that at all? Well, I I think that we all struggle to really genuinely worship right? Mm -hmm. because when we when we lack an understanding of God, which we all struggle with, you know, and, and what I say is that when the finite is confronted with the infinite, the way we try to understand the infinite is we make him finite. Hmm. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. so we, we so we struggle to to really get a grasp of him. So we bring him down kind of to our level, and. The struggle is to say, you know, he is he is worthy of, of our praise. And so how can we become more expressive of that? So it's a true expression of our heart, not just, well, we're singing our hymns and well, we're taking our offering and then listening to the sermon. And then we go watch the football game at home. Exactly. And, and let that become kind of in the background. Um, yeah. What would you say is the difference or is there a difference between thankfulness and praise? Well, there, I think there is. Uh, 
in terms of the concept of thankfulness, thankfulness is is related to being grateful for what he's done for us. So it's kind of looking at that aspect of saying, uh, here's what he's done for us, we're thankful. Praise is acknowledging who he is and celebrating that and living within the context of that. Independent of what he's done for us. Yeah. yeah. And the question is, can we praise him when we have no quote unquote reason to be thankful? Yeah. And let me kind of expand on that, that. What I mean by that is, you know, when life is going hard and we're looking and saying, I don't see God's blessing in my life right now. Can we still praise him? And that's where the psalmist in the Psalms of Lament really come into play that, you know, Psalm 13, you know, and I, you know, my life is a mess right now, but I will still praise God in the midst of that. Yeah. And that's the challenge. Well, and there's stories certainly in scripture too, where praise actually turns things around too. So there's that expectation of he is going to come through and I will praise him because I know he's faithful, even though I don't see it right the second and lo and behold, he comes through, which is also amazing that there's yeah. that too. So, yeah. Well, that's why I like the book of Job. I love the book of Job because here he is questioning God. God doesn't condemn Job for, for questioning. But in the end, uh, to sum up kind of God's response to Job, in the end, God just says, listen, I'm God, you're not. Now you got to learn to deal with that. <laughs> but it's just that awareness. Hey, I'm God. I'm in control. I'll take care of it. You got to just trust me. Yeah. And sometimes he can't explain. There's so much going on that it's it, he, Job wouldn't have understood had he oh. tried to translate all of that. Yeah. So... So what have I not asked you that you want to make sure that you leave with our audience? Uh, that's, you know, I think the biggest thing that if I were to leave one thing with the audience is that as we worship him, let's, we need to just learn to get to know who he is. Uh, Stephen Charnock in his classic on the existence and attributes of God makes this statement. He says, there's something of a secret atheism in all of us, not an utter disowning of the being of God, but a denial or doubting of some of his nature. Uh, practical atheism is not the, the absolute disowning of God. Rather, it's the inconsideration of God or the misrepresentation of God. And I think that's the challenge we face in our Christian life is, and it's a journey, it's a process, we're still in process of learning to allow God to be God for who he is, not trying to make him down to where we want him to be, but just loving him and living in response to him for his character. And that's what I, you know, that my bottom desire of the book is that people would just grow to appreciate God more and more. And, uh, you know, if that's the end product, I mean, it, it drives them to scripture to read and say, this is God's autobiography. Yeah. Let's study him. Right. Yeah, that's great. I love it. So where can people go to learn more about you and about your book? Well, I, I have a, a website, uh, theattributesofgod.com. Dot net. They're all lowercase. And that's where I post daily devotionals where I try to 
go through and just focus on attributes revealed in scripture. So right now I'm kind of going through the books of the Bible each week, a different book, and just highlighting what it teaches us about God. Uh, the book that I've written on the, the Lighthouse is available on Amazon. Uh, just go there, type in The Lighthouse by Glenn Damon. Uh, you can find it. And uh, But most important, go to the Bible and learn about him. Absolutely. So I will link in the show notes to those. And thank you so much for all of your wisdom and time, Dr. Damon. This has been great. Well, thanks for having me and appreciate it. Absolutely. Are you looking for a holistically minded healthcare practitioner who truly treats root cause rather than symptom suppression? Unfortunately, even in the alternative healing professions, this isn't a given. That's why I've created wholehealthdoctor.com, a resource to help connect patients to healthcare practitioners in their area who share a root cause philosophy. Alternatively, most of the practitioners listed also practice telehealth. So if there isn't anyone local to you, you can still find a great practitioner to help you regain optimal health. Go to wholehealthdoctor.com. That's whole healthdr.com, type in your location or adjust the specialty that you're looking for and find the practitioner who's right for you. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you. So please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren DeVille. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Hey there, it's Carly Mercouli, your host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.